Welcome to the Hashtag Hope Wall Podcast with your host, Destiny Davies, proudly brought to you by The Solitude Project, bringing you conversations behind closed doors where others share their stories of love, hope, and inspiration, including the tools they have used to overcome adversities in this journey called life. To the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Hey guys, it's Destiny here and welcome to episode 6. Today we have Peter, who is a father of two, works in construction and he's also an ambassador for A Chance for Change. So thank you very much for joining us here today, Peter. No worries. Uh, Today he will be sharing his story for episode 6, What Happens When the Tools You've Used Don't Work for Yourself. So Peter, I'm going to let you take us on your journey. All right. Um, where do I start? Um, so I guess uh, my name's Peter Brown. Um, so the, I guess um, a chance for change um, helped me out a lot. Um, I had a friend that was going through issues himself, and um, he had severe um, mental health issues, um, so depression, anxiety. Um, it affected his life. It affected his uh, well-being, um, his health. He used to work away in the mines a lot too, so that's all he—that's all he knew. And um, so I, um, the only way I really knew about um, mental health was because of my friend that I, I tried to help um, as much as I could where I could. Um, I have, you know, I don't have any um, degrees or anything like that. I'm just a bloke. I'm just a mate. Um, just a person so um, I was helping him battle through you know his demons um, and you know it got to the point where my friend my best mate um, he didn't want to be here anymore so um, and this is just me being like a friend there's there's nothing else um, to it really and um, it took quite a long time um, for him to get better so I was there for a long time um, you know, just helping me made out, not realizing what I was doing at the time. Um, I was just that a, a annoying bloke, <laughs> annoying mate, um, <laughs> calling and texting and what's going on, how you going, not realizing that I was doing those little one percenters that everyone knows, or not everyone knows, but most people know what to do now these days. But um, I was doing those little one percenters that everybody actually wants and craves or, or they need. Um, but they don't realize that they need it at the time. Um, and, um, so long story short, um, we eventually, me and me mate, 99.9% was him being an absolutely amazing human and, um, getting through the thick of it, um, going from the dark to the light to the dark to the light. Um, and he eventually, um, he became the most amazing person. He beat it. He beat depression. He beat anxiety. Don't get me wrong. He still battles it to this day. Um, and from that, um, I learned a couple of things along the way with how to, you know, just help or see signs in people that were struggling. Um, 
and at that time I wasn't struggling at all. I was just, you know, I was just there to help people and it wasn't, um, you know, like I wasn't sick or I wasn't, you know, nothing like that. And, um, and I eventually got talking to a bloke, um, from a chance for change and, um, the name's Ivan and, um, he wanted to know if I would like to be an ambassador for a chance for change just because I was helping out blokes that needed some help. Um, wasn't because, like I said earlier, um, wasn't because I had a degree or I was special or anything like that. It was just because that I had a, you know, he said that I had a good heart and uh, I just wanted to help people um, get better. And so I eventually um, became an ambassador for a chance for change. And um, and then probably that was when I was living down in Fernvale, actually. Um, and I was working down there for Hutchinson Builders. Um, I still work for them now. And um, ended up moving to the Sunshine Coast um, because there was no work left in Brisbane for me. And I think um, I think that when I left Fernvale, I was there for nearly eight years, I think, working in Brisbane. And then I moved to the Sunny Coast, and that was a bit of a big change for me because... It felt like, um, you know, I wasn't wanted in Brisbane, but it wasn't that. It was just the fact that there was no work left. Um, so I moved to the sunny coast and started working there again. And then that's when I didn't realise, but I was starting to get symptoms of um, anxiety. My anxiety was absolutely, um, it was crazy, but I didn't know at the time that I was going through anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety really was. And um, I was going through this pickle at work and and then I finished the job on the Sunshine Coast and then the Sunny Coast, I ended up having to move again to Townsville. So I went from Fernvale to Sunshine Coast and then with the family, like my, uh, my partner, and my two kids, we had to move all the way from the sunny coast up to Townsville um, for work. And I wanted to do it just to pursue my, um, you know, my career in construction. And I didn't realise it was going to be such a big deal until I got up here. <laughs> it was um, it was quite a massive move. And um, what can I say is, it was quite, it was crazy really. I had to leave my family. Um, down south for probably two months while I was up in Townsville working and I had to let them not suffer but I had to leave them to deal with everything else and all, 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 all I you know had to work and then my poor partner had to you know work and um, get the house ready had to move all the way up to Townsville removalists I felt so guilty I felt so bad and I started to feel this weird feeling um, within myself that wasn't normally normally me. Um, and then I was just down. I was tired. I didn't want to work. I My brain was in overdrive. Um, absolute overdrive. And I couldn't figure out how to stop it. And once my family came back up um, to Townsville, um, then I felt better, um, as you do, surrounded by your family, you're surrounded by loved ones, you feel better. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, I was working full time, six days a week, 10 to 12 hour days. And then um, all of a sudden I was feeling really down, um, feeling really down. And I didn't know what was going on. I have a perfect life, really. I've got nothing to complain about. I've got a beautiful family, great job. Um, money's great. Uh, living life is great. And then uh, one day I, I said, I need to go see a doctor because um, I just couldn't put a finger on why I was feeling the way I was. Um, but it took me probably... It took me probably two months um, of feeling as bad as you possibly could before I seen a doctor. But the thing is that if I spoke to other people in my shoes that I was, you know, like I, I like to help a lot of people on online. Like I've got a lot of messages. I talk to people and let them know things that I would do if I was in their shoes. But I, I, I couldn't take my own advice. I would have been the first person to say, hey, I'm coming around. Um, let's make an appointment. Let's go see someone because obviously something's wrong. Um, if you can't see it, I can definitely can. But for some reason, I could not take my own advice. It took me two months. Um, the first month, you know, I was still working. Uh, I was just dealing with it. But the second month, I had a whole month where um, I thought, to myself every single day today is going to be uh, my last day um, and I didn't know how to react or I didn't know how to feel to my own thoughts telling me that you know today's the last day um, it's it's really scary when you've never had those feelings or thoughts in you know in your life it's you hear of people um, talking about it and um, you hear on the news, you see it on the news. But when you think of that yourself, um, it's, it's, it's really scary. And, um, and it, you can be, what's the word? You can be so prepared to help someone else, but you're never prepared to help yourself. Um, all the signs are there, but you seriously, I just did not, I didn't understand. I couldn't... Um, I, honestly, I couldn't use the own tools that I helped on other people to help myself. Um, yeah, it was um, yeah the most it's the most surreal feeling that um, yeah you you can't help yourself but you can help as many people as you can you know. Um, so there was a month of just pain, um, like a haze, like a haze over me. I I I couldn't see straight. I couldn't think straight. I um I didn't know what I was doing at the time. The most simplest tasks became so hard. Um, but the sort of the biggest thing, the most scariest thing, was wanting to um, wanting to make, commit suicide. To be to be brutally honest, um, I had about um, it was about ten different ways. In that, in the second month, there was about ten different ways that I was going to, um, the way I was going to do it, and um, it got to the point where I was ready, um, and then then just something in my head, there was like a little little switch that flicked, and then the first thing 
and the second thing I thought of, well, the first thing, sorry, was my partner, Rachel. Um, and then the second thing was my kids, um, my two beautiful kids and my beautiful partner, Rachel. Um, what are they going to do without me and how are they going to feel to know what happened? Um, how was my partner going to explain to my kids what happened? Um, and moving forward, you know, like was, and then for some reason, like thinking those thoughts where, you know, my family have to live without, not just me providing, I get, you know, money's a big thing in this world, but not just me providing, but it's me not being a father or me being a partner to my family and being there for my kids and my partner as you know, as we grow old or as my kids grow old. And that stopped me those 10 times or those 10 thoughts that I had separately, the same thought came through my mind. And um, then you start thinking about, you know, your family, what your family is going to think or what your family is going to feel. Um, and that is a more... in just my opinion that is a more gross feeling to think that you're leaving this world and then your family have to pick up um, whether it's your, your partner or your kids or your mum or your dad your brothers and sisters aunties and uncles they have to pick it up now and then you just you just wanted to leave but and that's the only thing that stopped me um, and then I went through a month of just absolute destruction. And then I went and seen a doctor, um, which was the most, that was probably the second most scariest thing I've ever done in my life, just to let them know how I felt. And they ask you some questions. They ask you questions about, you know, do you want to hurt yourself? Do you, um, what do you think about? They give you a little test, then they, you know, and that was very confronting. That was very confronting. Um, talking to a professional and telling them how you feel. Because um, first thing is you're feeling judged. Well, you shouldn't be because they want to help you. Um, that was, yeah, that was, that was pretty brutal to open up to just a random person to tell them how you feel. Um, and then I tried... Um, my first lot of antidepressants to just to see how it go. I wasn't a big fan of them. Um, I was scared of them. You hear stories about how terrible they can and cannot be. Um, so I got on my antidepressants uh, for the first week. I felt absolutely amazing, a way that I've never felt in my life. It literally took two days. Um, until I felt like I was Superman. Like I was literally Superman. Um, went to work and I was just running around. I was smiling and happy. I was laughing. People thought I was on drugs. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. People thought I was on drugs um, because they've never seen me like that. And especially in a new place too. Um, people just seen me for when I came up here and new people so they only knew me for who I was before I was on these um, antidepressants and after a week I started to feel 
like how I felt before I was on them. And I went and seen my doctor. Um, and I was, I was, I was, um, it felt like I was on like a really, really long hill and I was just going down and I couldn't stop. So from feeling absolutely amazing, like 10 out of 10, the best you could feel, to being negative 10 within two days after that week, say, say for example, seven days of absolutely amazingness and it took two days for me to be negative 10 worse, um, the worst feeling in you could imagine in the world. I went and seen my doctor again and um, he asked me to take one and a half tablets this time and then I did that for a week and I literally had to take the next month off work. I physically um, I, phys- I physically could not do anything. Um, like a lot of people... You know, they don't understand how hard it is just to um, have a shower. We shower at least, you know, one to two times a day. That's just what we do. Um, It is so hard just to shower, to eat, um, to think. Like your your thoughts are running that red hot through your head that you're just exhausted and you just can't get out of bed. You, You sleep or... You just literally, I, I couldn't do nothing. Um, I was just fortunate enough to have a good surrounding. Um, I had great people, especially from A Chance for Change, my best mate, um, a great bloke at work. Um, Lifeline, they helped me ridiculously. Um, my family, my, my partner, Rachel, and my kids, I'd come home every day and or I'd just see them every day and then they just, you know, they gave me that little bit of hope that you know it wasn't it wasn't going to be like this forever. Um, so it took about I think it took about a month, and I got off them. I literally um, so I, I made the decision myself to get off them, which wasn't the doctors. Um, they didn't want me to, but I had to just because I was feeling the way I did. Um, felt great for about two weeks it felt like I just it was like a big kickstart you know like my brain was just it was just a kickstart and you know I could start fresh again um and then I started going downhill again I'm like god damn it (laughs) it was just like oh you're finally on top of the world you can finally you feel great it's like a roller coaster it's really it's it's literally like a roller coaster of um roller coaster of emotions um you know physical and mentally uh, especially mentally but it was physical for me as well um because sometimes the thoughts that i was having would make me actually physically sick they were you know that ridiculous um so i went back again to see a doctor uh, this is over christmas actually just gone um so i was having some natural anxiety tablets just to help me, just natural, um, no chemicals. And they, they did take the edge off a few a few times. Um, but when I came back, first day at work, um, I went to work for one day, come home. I went back to work the next day 
and I broke down. I absolutely broke down. I cried. I couldn't move. I couldn't think. The only thing that was going through my mind um, was suicide again. And I haven't had those thoughts for a long time. And I think I went to work for about three hours. And for two of those three hours, it was like um, the word... The word suicide, it's, it's, it's a disgusting word. It's a gross word. But we have to be um, honest. It's, it happens. It's real. It's a real thing. And the only thing that was... It was just playing on repeat in my head. And then all of a sudden, I was back to those nasty thoughts where different ways to do it. So I was at work this, at this time. And I was thinking different ways to go about my business. Um, and I forced myself out of that situation because I knew that I just if I would have stayed there it probably it wouldn't have been well for me it wouldn't have been good so I walked out to the car park said in my car I just I bawled my eyes out I broke down I was like a I was like a oh, a 13 year old kid that got his first vlogging I don't know it was the most terrible thing it was just I was shaking I was not everywhere um <laughs> So the first thing I thought was to call Lifeline, actually. Um, so I rang up. Um, first time I ever called Lifeline. Um, and they spoke to me for about probably 45 minutes. Just being there was enough. Um, there wasn't anything magical that happened. Um, we're not taking anything away from Lifeline. But it was just um, just her being on the phone a calming voice and just speaking like, um, how do you explain it? Just logical. Um, she was realistic, um, you know, with speaking with reason and purpose. And that got me to the point where I could calm down. Those thoughts sort of dissipated for a while. And then, um, my good friend from work, he, um, he managed just to drive past me. And he seen me in the car. Jumped off his forklift. What's going on, mate? What's going on? And you can't get away from this bloke. You'll bear hug you. Um, we got talking. And he's like, right, uh, let's make a plan, mate. Because obviously um, what's happening at the moment is not working. Um, we've got to make another plan. Because you're on a certain type of medication. Didn't work. You tried to get off them didn't work he goes let's have another plan another plan of attack because um we can't let you do this to yourself mate because this is too much so anyways um went back to the docks again um you know in another in the worst part about all of this was i i know i said this at the start but i couldn't use the tools that i give other people myself I just I I couldn't I didn't have the reasoning I couldn't figure out how to reach out for help until it got to the point where I wanted to like end my life and um, it, it just literally it, it took to that to the to get to the end to see some sort of clarity to be able to ask for help. Um, whether it's like a... It just sneaks... It doesn't really sneak up, but it, it kind of does. 
Uh, I know everyone's different, but um, it literally got to the point where I wanted to say goodbye to ask for help. And then <laughs> went back to the docs, got on a different type and um, different type of antidepressants. And then all of a sudden, um, I didn't feel how I felt the first time. I didn't feel high. I didn't feel absolutely amazing like I was walking on clouds. I felt in my self, I felt normal. Um, everyone's got a different explanation of the, what the word normal is. Who knows what normal is? But to <laughs> myself, you know, everyone's, everyone's normal to themselves. And then I finally felt and I felt safe enough to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel good. I think I'm, I think I'm normal again. Um, and then that's probably been a month. Actually, yeah, it's actually been a month and two days where I've been myself. Um, I've been a loving partner. I've been a hard worker. Uh, been a, a loving father, and I've never felt like this for years. And I didn't realise that I was suffering for so long until. I finally came to grips and come to understand that, you know, you need help. And so, yeah, I, I, I probably rambled on. I do apologize. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it's been a month and two days, I think. Yeah, a month and one day, a month and one, two days. That, um, that I'm absolutely, I'm just kicking goals. Um, you know, in one day, I'd love to get off the, um, antidepressants, but for now, I feel like, you know, they're doing me a world of uh, wonders and um, I've really got everything on track at the moment. But um, I guess the biggest thing is for me is I was disappointed in myself because I couldn't help myself, but I'm happy to help other people. Even though when I was down, I was still trying to help other people while I was down. And people didn't know. Um, that I was actually suffering. Um, it's this is a funny, like I feel terrible for saying this, but there's a song called "Fake Fine," and um, it resonates so much for me because it's easier to put on. Um, it's so easy to put on a fake face, a fake smile, a fake face, and it is to be honest and tell the truth because. I don't know. It's just it's it's easier. I can't tell you why it's easier. I, I I really can't. But it's easier to pretend that you're okay when you're actually not. Whether it's you think or you feel that people are gonna treat you different or judge you or something. I don't know. It's just. But yeah, it's just. I don't know. I'm sort of rambling a little bit. I do apologize. No, you're okay. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a bit of my sort of journey in a nutshell. Um, I could literally, you could, you could talk about it for hours and hours, but, um, but yeah, that's just sort of my little journey, um, in a nutshell about how I came from, not from being, you know, thinking I was okay to being in the complete, in a hole that you couldn't get out of. Um, you got out of the hole, jump back in, jump back out, do that a few times, and then you know you eventually 
it feels like you're not going to get out, but eventually you do. And there is the end of the tunnel. There's always light there. You just got to strive to reach it. And um, and now that I'm I'm living proof that I'm living proof that you can reach the end. It's it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It is hard, but I can. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm just an average Joe. I'm just a bloke. I'm just a random fella that goes through some stuff. <clears throat> and um, yeah, you can get out. It's hard work. And you got to want to get out too. So, but yeah, so that's sort of my um, my little story or my little journey in a nutshell. Oh, wow. Firstly, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Peter. I just wanted to say you're so brave to share it. And the other thing I wanted to say, there's heaps of things I want to say, but congratulations on your one month and two days of being your normal you, which I think you're probably always your normal you, but like you said, what what is normal anyway? Who yeah, what is normal? What is normal? You know? Um, you mentioned in the beginning how you, you know, you said you weren't anybody special. You were just there to help people get better, which I actually believe that you are. And the fact that you're sharing your journey you know, openly with everybody just goes to prove that. The other thing I wanted to say is, you know, don't be so hard on yourself for not recognizing that you were going through what you were going through. Sometimes the strongest of us find it the hardest to ask for help because we're so used to helping others. You know, we naturally expect that we can overcome these things very easily. But like you said, we're all human and that's just part of the journey. So, I'm, I'm really glad that we were connected and that we're able to share your story today. There is one question that I have. It's a nice and easy one. And it is, what piece of advice would you give to the version of you who was just about to walk down this path before everything started to avalanche on top of you? What would you say to him? Um, probably the biggest thing... Um, I would say is there's a little saying um, that as a few of us go by it's called speaking up is manning up Um, being a man doesn't mean always that you're tough and you're strong so speaking up is manning up is saying that when you speak up about how you feel that is being a man Um, so I can't how to explain it speaking up is manning up Um, speaking your problems speaking how you feel that is the true definition of being um, a man and you know if you want to be strong or be tough um, talk about how you're feeling don't um, don't bottle it up don't pretend that it's okay even if it may not be as severe as, you know, um, just don't be afraid to let people know that you may not be okay one day or just in general. Just just let people know how you feel, whether it's just your best mate or it could be your mom, it could be a brother or a sister, um, it could be a mate. Just let them know how you're feeling um, and vice versa too. The biggest thing um, I would like people to um, talk about is if you see someone that you hang around um, around, ask them um, if you see them acting differently. Ask them if they're okay, or you know, ask them you know, how's everything going? 
And you might, they might just put on a, a fake facade how I did, but if you know them well enough, you might be able to see through that. And then you might be able to just pursue, you know, come on, just talk to me, be honest. So the biggest thing I'd like to, I would encourage the advice. Sorry, the, yeah, encourage is or the advice I'd give is just it's okay to speak up. Um, no one is, it, you're not going to be judged. And asking if someone's okay um, are two massive things. Be yourself, speak up, and ask if. Um, if you're okay or if someone else is okay. And what a great way to end the podcast. Thank you again so much for joining us, Peter. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for having me. If you were going through something similar, I would encourage you to reach out to family or friends or check out A Chance for Change. They may have some tools in there to help you get through this time so you're not going through this alone.